into my basketball. Every time I rock, man, this is how we rap and raw. Peace to my man, now we got the camera out. Every time I spit it, cross over the all right, hello everyone. This is Josh, also known as Yashu, and you're tuning into episode 64 of the TOI Talks podcast. You know, you can get it like on all platforms like Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, much more, and all that. I always say it like every other time and all that. But yeah, I'm just gonna jump right to it and all that. You know, like so he just dropped like his project like a while back in 2013, in 2023, like earlier in 2023, called um, the pilot episode. I'm actually wearing merch uh, right now in support of the project. You know, he recently performed like his annual showcase back in june at the garrison which sold out you know he's opened up for the likes of like the unlisted negroes he performed at the snow to melt event he also performed at the drake hotel and all that probably like one of the rising like artists like in the toronto music scene right now with a style similar to kanye and cuddy and much more and all that you know we have scarborough's own like lowercase in the building how are you doing today man i like that man that was good that was a good intro yeah, man. I mean, sometimes too, just like forming intros, like in a sense too, it's like, it takes time, like, and a process as well too, to kind of like, even like getting like the right information in. But yeah. after like knowing you for a bit too, from seeing you at the, like opening up for like uh, Unlisted Negroes, just like back in like June of like last year and all that, yeah. to seeing you perform at like other events, it's like amazing too and all that. And then mm. the craziest thing too, is that um I actually had a homegirl, um, like when I actually posted like one of the stories from that event a while back uh, from snow to melt mm. you know she told me that you saw like lowercase you know that's like actually like one of my favorite artists uh, too actually uh karen um shout out to karen by the way a very amazing person um shout out to karen real one real one yeah. appreciate that that's yeah. love and that's she also love. yeah man and she also told me that um she also went to the same event last year too at um like uh, the unlisted uh, negroes uh, showcase too and okay you know, just kind of got me into that vibe of like, you know, like a lot of people are like even like tapping in with this community and supporting and all that. And yeah. I'm going to be like rambling on for a little bit, too. But, you know, it's a pleasure to have you today and all that to even talk about like a lot of your stuff. And like, I'm just going to get right to it, like in a yeah. sense, too, man. So yeah, no on your Spotify bio, you grew up in Malvern and, you know, I wanted to ask like what the environment was like for you growing up. And would you say you had a blessed childhood at the time or was it different? A great childhood. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's all perspective. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, uh, for the most part, uh, I can always just say I'm grateful to be alive. You know what I mean? There's like, not even to be morbid or go straight to morbidity. It's just like, there's a lot of people that I grew up with. There's a lot of people I, 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 you know, I really cared about and had like real cool relationships with that are not here. You know what I mean? So in that sense, like I'm grateful and I don't think my childhood wasn't, the worst it wasn't the worst you know what i mean i feel like um there's many people that have it worse you know what i mean and uh, again i just try my best to stay grateful but you know what i mean it wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't peaches and cream uh shout out to the oatmeal quaker but no it wasn't peaches and cream and um but it was a lot of great times you know what i mean i feel like it comes it came with a lot of hardships but a lot of also came with a lot of great times a lot of funny moments i feel like our community in general turns a lot of traumatic things into comedy and I feel like me and my friends tend to do that 24-7. So, um, you know, I think as I grow older and I look back on certain things, I'm like, it. I was really messed up. And can I swear? Yeah, no, that's okay, no I'm not I just, you know, PG, you know, it's protecting the kids. But, you know, I was just like, yeah, like it, some of this stuff is really fucked up growing growing up now and processing it. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, no, it, it was, it could have been worse. You know what I mean? Could have been worse. And and I'm here, you know what I mean? And I've been able to 
make something of myself at this point and I can't say I wouldn't be here without those experiences, you know? Yeah, no, I don't I know what you mean, man. And I mean Malvern, like at the time too, like there's like from what I could say, there's like a unique balance between like, you know, the conscious and more creative artists versus like the artists that people would expect and all that street artists too. Yeah. And like, you know, when I first interacted with like a lot of people from Malvern too, like I actually used to manage like an artist like that was like from Malvern and mm-hmm. like I've known people who do like different types of music, like R and B and all that or like conscious rap and all that. I noticed like the community like in Scarborough, it's like amazing to see with like a lot of like grassroots program like Rise and all that mm-hmm. with um my friend uh, Levi, who had a program for like the LGBTQ, like for artists to perform, do poetry and all that. Yeah, shout out yeah. Levi. Yeah. yeah, shout out Levi. Dope. Yeah, Dope but like even in that area at the time, was it big for music growing up? Uh, <clears throat> I feel like when I was younger, um, you know, music in Scarborough was huge. Uh, shout out to Face Films. He was a videographer that I feel like, honestly, he was kind of ahead of his time where he kind of was this like a videographer that kind of just went around Scarborough, went around Toronto and just work with legit like many artists, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sure there was many artists that had differences that he still worked with, but it wasn't, it was strictly business and it was strictly art with him. You know what I mean? And um, he was able to create a whole playlist of just like, videos and visuals from like all these artists from different parts of Scarborough and different parts of Toronto to some degree. You know what I mean? So I feel like when it comes to artists um, expressing themselves musically, I feel like the music scene was always there. The music scene was always there. You know what I mean? But um, I feel like the forefront, I mean, to some degree, even the forefront now, like the the music scene is kind of um, emphasizing more of like what, like, you know, the streets and, um, you know, that, that grind and that hustle. So, and I, I respect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, like, uh, I come from the same place that a lot of these people come from. And to me, um, you know what I mean? Uh, there's, there's many artists that I know that make music and I, I've, you know, I know them and I, I resonate with a lot of things they say because either I, I've seen it or, um, you know, yeah. So shout out to all the artists, you know, doing their thing, grinding, creating. But I feel like the, the, the scene... Growing up was was heavy on the street rap though. Oh, I feel like now I feel like it has been um I guess spreading out, you know what I mean, especially with R B and 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 stuff of that nature. But I feel like um there was always a hip hop scene, but yeah. I feel like a specific style was dominant though. Yeah, no, I'm saying too. And um, I actually had like people that I knew growing up, like in certain areas that became rappers that were from that area too. Um like, there's, like, this young uh, kid uh, named uh, Malik uh, who actually went by, like, Lamel, uh, Lamel and all that. And, you know, I didn't find out that he was, like, a rapper until, like, he passed away. L- rest in peace, uh, Lamel, uh, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, kind of interesting how, like... Rest in peace, though. Yeah, man. It's kind of, like, interesting to see, like, how, like, a lot of people, like, even, like, take in within, like, Malvin culture and, like, even be connected within the communities because... There's, like, you know, major music studios just, like, up north on the road, like, I think on McNichol or something like that. And then Rise is, like, in, like, one of the community uh, centers in, like, Scarborough and all that, too. And then there's, like, also, like, a lot a lot of, like, you know, community, like, organizers and people, like, helping out, like, within the scene, too, to kind of shed, like, light on Scarborough, like, Randall LeJ and all that. And yeah. Shout, over- out Ran- shout out Randall. Yeah. Scarborough's Jesus. Yeah. And, like, I think, like, OVO Nico as well, too, with the whole, like, Scarborough Shooting Stars uh, type thing. Like, 
it kind of brought like an outlook within like the idea of Scarborough and to make it like an amazing environment in that, in that sense too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, bro. No, for sure. I feel like those guys are definitely um, um, huge pioneers in terms of emphasizing and putting uh, Scarborough's like the a lot of the good light of Scarborough in the forefront. And, uh, you know, it's needed. You know what I mean? I feel like in general, um, like, you know, Scarborough is, in a sense, if it's weird. Like, I feel like, again, in general, growing up, Scarborough is kind of like, its own its own city within Toronto. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was its own uh area. And I feel like Scarborough never necessarily got the appreciation that if I probably should have deserved in the past, especially culturally. I feel like uh, you know, the ends has a strong, strong influence on everything we see in the city. You know what I mean? And uh um yeah, I'm not gonna talk too much shit and shit yeah. on other parts of the Toronto, but Scarborough's the one. Yeah, I'm not 100% too. Yeah. Yo, um, to kind of get back onto track here and all that, yeah. uh, what were you like uh, growing up, like in that sense too, from the start until like now and all that? <laughs> what was I like? Um, I feel like, I feel like for the most part in general, like growing up, I was usually to myself. You know what I mean? I feel like I had my my circle of, of friends that I, I like, you know, I, I circulated with and I was cooling with and um, grew up with. And then, um, you know, high school came and my parents didn't want me to go to high school in the area because they just felt like it wouldn't be the best idea for my progression as a young man. So, um, you know, they uh, they sent me some suggestions and ended up going to an art school. Um, and honestly you know kind of from there kind of just um just gained a whole different experience of like a different light of like culture in terms of just like other people like another lifestyle you know i mean it was it was a lot more uh suburbia and a lot more uh relaxed and uh um yeah i'm trying to think of the right words i'm trying to be politically correct here um but uh nah it was it was different it was different and uh it helped me get a better idea of like what was not normal uh, growing up. Oh, ultimately, sure. yeah. you know, what I mean, there's many things that I seen during high school. Where I was like, okay, so people don't just do this, or people don't just go through that, or this isn't a norm. You know what I mean? And yeah, I feel yeah. like just that shaped my consciousness of like um, what I've been through, what I want for myself, and where I'm at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then kind of just trying my best to um work towards you know the goal of like you know being the best version of myself you know what i mean and understanding the pit holes and potholes i i've been through and see yeah no sure and um you know when i was like doing my research for a bit too you know you actually have american roots tracing back to memphis and like baton rouge too and like i think you spoke briefly about it like in a previous like podcast and all that so but i want to yeah, I want to get to know more about that and tell me more about that side, like even like growing up and all that and noticing the music scene like there, like in Baton Rouge and Memphis, like from those times that you visited. Um, So I never I never been to Baton Rouge. Like my one of my aunts is from Baton Rouge and I was saying there was a story of like just her um, just having a conversation with her when I one of the last time I was in Memphis and she was very emotional, just crying and just like, just very happy that I was healthy and happy that I was alive. And, um, you know, um, and this, and just being just thankful because like, I'm, I'm my father's only son and, um, he had passed away. So for her, 
um, to know that, you know, I'm here and I'm doing well. It's just like, I guess for her, it was kind of just like, uh, just a light, you know what I mean? And she was really happy. So that's really what I was talking about in Baton Rouge. But in Memphis, shit, man, M10, man, what can I say? I, honestly, growing up, uh, I, I started going there a lot when I was probably like six, seven. And I probably went there every other, every summer or every other summer. And it, I think as a kid, it, it just brought me um, an understanding of this music in the South. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't acknowledge Lil Wayne too much when I was a kid until until I was old enough to understand rap and I was just hearing a lot of Lil Wayne, you know what I mean? A lot of, obviously, naturally, just like a lot of 3-6 Mafia, um, you know, and just a lot of just, man, 8-Ball, um, MJG, um, just a lot of Memphis artists, you know what I mean, that I would never listen to or hear in Toronto, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, it's a different, a different swang, a different just a different swag, it's just a different energy. And just even when I was out there, just like everyone, just how it is culturally is just different. You know what I mean? I feel like, especially in the South, like the Southern hospitality is real. Yeah, These guys are really family oriented. And um, that's just, a, I was probably one of the bigger culture shocks for me is growing up, like how they maneuver with family and how some people maneuver with family out here. It's like, um, huge, like really big on individuality and individualism. And I feel like when I was out there, it was kind of like, yeah, we're all one family. And obviously America still deals with individualism heavy too. And all of America, North America. Yeah. But I just feel like with that family and just out there, it was, it was different. And in terms of artistry, yeah, man. Just it, it, just getting a whole different scope um, of artists that, like I said, like many people down here wouldn't, would even, probably never heard of or probably never listened to. You know what I mean? And just even the style, the swag, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Shaped a lot of things for me. Sure. And what I could actually say about, like, Memphis and all that, too, like, I've been researching, like, a lot about, like, Memphis since, like, you know, 2017, 2018, too. And what I've noticed is that, like, their culture within this idea of a dark cloud and all that with sinister energy, negative energy, because there is, like, darkness, like, in Memphis in that sense, too. It can even be, like, traced back to, like, the blues music where their core music like was like found there it was like one of the city's like core like music scenes and all that where you know mm -hmm. with bb king isaac hayes and all that with like some of like the young pioneers like al green like they even discuss like a lot of like issues like whether it's like love or sadness or depression at that time too and it can even be like traced back to like slavery with the food and all that with the barbecue and everything else too and yeah, i've good. noticed how that the idea of like individualism and individuality like in memphis it is like even traced back to what it could be now and you know it could be the same for like the idea of like who's the king of memphis you know yo Gotti, young Dolph, or who's like the next rising memphis artist like Moneybag Yo, or like lorilla and all that so mm -hmm. i could say like memphis is like interesting like in all aspects in that sense yeah you know definitely one of the top cities one of the top cities for sure no yeah, man yeah man and uh you know the i think i kind of messed up the question like when i first uh, wrote it but um it was actually meant to be like what was like your first introduction to like music and producing and what were like some artists or sounds that you listened to throughout your whole life mm, my introduction to music um my introduction to music just started with just like uh jay-z the black album like it, it isn't my introduction to music my it really isn't but i feel like my introduction into studying music and to mean like what am i listening to you know what I mean? Like, I remember one of the earliest memories of music is just a lot of Pac, a lot of Biggie, my uncle playing. 
I remember um, California Love Vit music video, and I'm like, bro, what the hell am I watching? This shit is crazy. You know what I mean? You got <laughs> niggas in, on, on ATVs and big-ass trucks and, you know, just fire and stuff like that. I remember that seeing that and being like, this is nuts. And uh, um, But as time, co- as time continues, I feel like uh, just hearing random shit here and there and then uh, growing up, and uh, my mom went in iPod Nano, and she had loves Jay loves Jay Z. So she had put the Black Album on it and listened to that. And I was like, "Here, December fourth, rest." I'm not even to say rest in peace. That's crazy. But happy birthday to the goat. That's po- actually pause that. Actually pause that. I don't even put that in there. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm joking. Nah, but you know, um, he that that album really like opened me up to understanding or just wanting to understand what the hell I'm listening to. You know what I mean? Just listening to everything he's saying word for word and being like, yo, like, this is the the clarity in what he's saying and what he's trying to portray is is really easy to understand. And also just the beats are just immaculate. You know what I mean? So from there, just being like, just studying music, going from there and understanding, obviously, Kanye West and being like production, like really just diving in his production. And then obviously, you know, his artistry is just on a whole other stratosphere, but... Um, him, and then I feel like then it tails down to um, uh, connecting to Kid Cudi and stuff like that. Obviously, there's other artists I used to listen to, like this artist from Detroit, Black Milk. I used to listen to religiously, Lupe Fiasco, The Cool, Food and Liquor, um, Common. I used to be huge on Common at one point. I had a moment, like, I feel like after the Jay-Z Black album, I feel like I kind of got into a phase of just a bunch of different artists you know what I mean? And just like be listening to all their catalogs and like downloading their whole catalog on Pirate Bay. Shout out Pirate Bay. It's downloading all their catalogs and just listening to a bunch of different albums from them. And then um, it really all started in Memphis, ironically enough. I, 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 was, at, I was in Memphis and uh, I was with my cousin and we were chilling. I was like, yo, I want to make music. Da, 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 da. It was Christmas time. So I got, I got some bread from my uncle and he was like, bro, let's go get the studio let's go get the mic let's go get the so we pulled up you know what i'm saying bought all the shit and then fuck man like i remember like it was yesterday bought got rolled up you know what i mean two fat blunts oh my <laughs> god i don't even smoke no more but it's got to roll two fat uh-huh. blunts bro and to smoke those and we we're listening to kid cutting marijuana and we we're like all right let's go back inside the house for set up the booth in the the closet and then I probably just rapped on some random, like, I want to say it was like a Jay-Z beat or a Kid Cudi beat, but rapped on that. And then he was like, yeah, cuz, you nice, man. You nice. And I'm like, he's gassing me up. So I'm like, all right, shit, I'm going to go home and I'm going to lock in. And then really that's kind of, that from that moment, like kind of yeah. from there, I was kind of just like, all right, like yeah. came back home and I had all this stuff. And my mom's like, where the hell do you get all this music shit? I was like, oh, I was in Memphis. Like, I'm going to try. I'm going to try this shit. And... You know what I mean, um, yeah. here we are. I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know if you've seen the movie like Hustle and Flow, like by the way, Bunny Chance. You know what's funny? I have that on. I have that on a, on my list of movies I have to watch. I feel like I watched it but didn't pay attention to it. I feel like it does have like an accurate representation of you know every music every musician's dream to kind of make it in the music scene for just sure. for like one song or like one album. Like I've seen the movie before and it is like very interesting too. I feel like it actually. Like, I don't want to give, like, any spoilers, but, yeah. like, from what you've said, from how you started, like, making music, 
like it gives like a unique like similarity to like how hustle and flow is mm. i definitely want to recommend that it does have like a lot of like interesting connotation to memphis culture and like just like down south uh, culture like in uh, period and all that um yeah, yeah i definitely uh, recommend that too you know if you want to like kind of like get that gist of it and all that so all right check that so i definitely i'll definitely check that out oh, for sure man. Check that. i might watch that tonight <laughs> For sure, man. Um, so like you've talked about like getting into rapping and making music through like Memphis, like making you know just like smoking weed and like doing like other stuff too and all that. But how did you get into like producing that since? Um, honestly, when I was in uh when I was in high school, I I, I kind of just like after buying all the, the 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 product and the the material to to record, um. When I was in Memphis, I came back home. I tried to rap a few on a few beats and stuff like that. And I just was just like, I'm listening to like Jay-Z and then listening to my raps and listening to like Lupe and listening to my raps. I'm like, bro, this isn't good enough. Like, I can't, uh, like, I'm trying to compare myself to them. You know what I mean? At that point, I'm a young, like 15, 16-year-old kid, 14, somewhere around that. And, um, you know, I was like, I need to hone in on my craft. I need to figure out how to be better. So started writing, just stopped trying to make music and just started writing. And then I wrote to like five different beats or something like that. And uh, one was called like No ID. Um, one was called Killers and Thieves. One was called Throw It Back. Oh man, legendary songs. Um, and they're all to all these different people's beats. I rapped to all of them. I, I put them out on SoundCloud, sent it to a lot of friends. That's when BBM was booming. And honestly, I got like some pretty decent feedback. A lot of people were fucking with a lot of people, you know. Again, it was in a time where street rap was more prominent. So it was kind of like, yeah, this is cool, but like niggas ain't gonna really listen to this. And I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. But at the end of the day, it's true to me. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to make music um, based on where I'm from or based on the people I know or based on, you know, um, anything I've done. You know what I mean? That So, um, so yeah. And so at that point, I realized and understood that I need to try to make something more original. I feel that was a conversation I had with a few friends of just like the originality. And because a lot of the beats that I rapped on, I was rapping like the artist that originally rapped on the beat. So I was just like, I need to figure out um, how to be myself on these instrumentals. And with that, just listen to, again, listen to a lot of Kanye West, listen to a lot of Black Milk. Black Milk's really the, the person that helped me. Um, get into really trying to produce. There's an artist from Detroit. He's a producer and rapper. And, you know, I was just like, bro, I need to figure this out. Like, I need to be able to make my own beats, make my own sounds, because I, I didn't want to pay nobody. I didn't want to deal with splits with, you know, all these things. It's like, at this point, I was like, I don't really want to go through a middleman. I want to be the source. Like, I want to make sure that everything is created by me, like FUBU, man, but for us, by us. Like, I want it all from me. And, you know, um, the people that want to work with me or whatever, even when I do business with with the record, I want it to go directly to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I just felt like I'll be a more, I'll have more power if I produce some of these records. You know yeah. what I mean? And so just learning through one of my, like, best friends, his older brother um, um, on FL, and he's just teaching me the basics of, like, what he does, how he does it, and then just kind of just learning on the fly, just like not really even watching YouTube videos because I don't, I don't know if I, well, no, I have the attention span for it, but I don't know. I don't really watch watch the YouTube videos, but I, I just keep trying shit. 
just like experimenting exactly. with trial and error, yeah. trial yeah, and error, sure. constant, constant trial and error. And then after I understood how I want to make beats for myself, like I figured out my rhythm and my you know equation for it, oh, sure. kind of just went from there. Oh, for sure. And was it like at a time when like Ableton, Daw, like Fruity Loops, like was like very like popular like at that time too, or were you guys like still using like the MPCs or the 808s, like that type of stuff? It's crazy. I, I wanted the MPC so bad. Like so bad, you don't even like again watching the the yay documentaries, the yay videos of him producing. I'm like, bro, I need MPC, but the prices were insanity. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, people are like, you can get a Roland, and I'm like, bro, the Roland's not an MPC though. Like you guys see this MPC box, it's it's insane. Yeah, I don't really like how the Roland looks personally, and so I just never bought one. You know what I mean? And so I ended up settling and getting an MPK, which is like, it's similar. It's like a piano with like the mbc mbc pads at the top corner but the pads aren't aren't as um just as free and lo loose as i feel like the yeah. mbc pads are and i kind of just said fuck it and just stick to everything just on the computer yeah you know what i mean oh, but sure. that's definitely one of the neck one of my goals like i feel like just copping an mbc and really trying to start and produce uh through that yeah no for sure because i feel like once you do buy it like it is like kind of like you know the high tier form of like you know high value like production and all that too and mm. you know hopefully it does work out like it's a manifestation and all that and to see you even like experimenting with it because a lot of people do need to know so yeah no definitely yeah. Uh, I definitely want to get MPC hundred yeah, percent because like I feel like the th certain things and certain cuts certain chops that you can do with MPC like I feel like um, when you're trying to do it you know on the computer and stuff like that like it the chops and how you can loop it and how you can play with it, it's just not the same. Yeah, no, for you sure. You know, man. and, uh, you know, it, it stresses me out sometimes. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You started to make music and take, you know, get into your career, like in Toronto in 2018. Is that correct? Or was no, it? No, no. I feel like, I, I mean, not really. No, I feel like I've put out my first album ever called Auditions. Um, which is not on SoundCloud no more, but it's on YouTube. Um, but I feel like it was 2000 and... Um, I wish I could call a friend and ask them. It was like either 2015 or 16. Um, I was probably around 17, 18 at the point. And uh, what's it called? I, I made this album and I was just like, bro, like I'm so confident in this album and this and the third. I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to change my life. <laughs> so... Went out there and, you know, uh, ran around just trying to just shop my music to to people and um, just trying to build a level of connection with somebody out there. You know, I met a lot of few people, a lot of, a lot of dope people out there. I made a lot of cool, uh, got a lot of cool experiences. Met Andre 3K, man. You know I mean? That was dope. He's out here chilling, eating some Jamaican food. I pulled up on him. I was like, yo, I make music. You need to check it out. And I gave him the sticker. <laughs> He's like... I waited though. I waited when he. I waited till he finished eating, and I was like, "Cause I, I creeped up. I seen him. I walked. I walked past this this J J Jamaican restaurant, and I seen him when I was walking. And I was like, "Oh shit! That was under fifty thousand. I'm going back. This is my this is my first day. Cause I went to New York with two of my other friends, and then they left. And then the next day, um, I see under fifty thousand. So then I was like, "Fuck! I gotta do something. I gotta communicate with him in some way. This is under fifty thousand. You know what I mean? Ironically enough with the timing and everything. But, um, yeah, ended up giving him um, a sticker to my work. 
and that, that led to my album and stuff like that. He definitely didn't check it out. Um, but, you know, it was a dope experience. And, um, but yeah, no, it started, it started like 2016, 17, with me going to New York. And then I came back. I lived in New York for a year, came back, and then um, I made my album Lowercase. And I feel like that's the album that I feel like a lot of people... It starts with that for a lot of people. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying too, man. Yeah. Did you actually manage to meet like any like labels or label heads like at that time too, or like A and R's? You know, just yeah. like giving them the same sticker, and did they give like any like responses on that too, or? So, there is. So I would give some people stickers, and I'll give some people USBs. So like for me, um, like if I knew your A and R or whatever the case may be, I'd have a USB on deck. Like I followed. Honestly, keep it trilling with you. I was like, yo, I wanna, I wanna. I want to be with Rock Nation. I want, I want to work with Rock Nation. You know what I mean? So my goal was I follow every A&R you can think of that was signed to the label, any person that knew the person that was a mutual to that person, and I just watched everyone's IG. Legit, I watched everyone's story. So if they're like, I'm in so much, like, and they just posted, and I was like, I know where that restaurant is. I'm going right now. So now I'll go. And honestly, I met a lot of people that way. Honestly, I met Biggs. Um, now, I should rephrase that. I met him, but I didn't meet him in a real conversation. You know what I mean? I, I had a real conversation with Emery. I had a real conversation with Lenny S. You know, that was actually the, the coolest person I met out of the Rock Nation guys. Like, he, we had a real conversation. I really got to talk to him about my music. I really got to ask him, like, how can I get my music to you? Because we were at a function. And so, obviously, like... Sorry, it's just not the 1990s. I'm not rapping to a nigga in, in, in front of a, a clothing store like, yo, yeah, it's not happening to <laughs> yeah. me. Bro. It's not happening, you know what I mean? So, um, but, you know, he was like, here's my number, um, and this, that, and the third. You should send your music to our A&R that we work with. The name is Law, da-da-da-da-da. So, um, honestly, just kind of just followed up with with everything he told me and was just really messaging Law yeah. a lot. yeah. And he, Law would get back with me, they get back to me and talk with me and shit like that. And I think Law was managing Jay Electronic at the time. Not true. And so, you know, he was also just really just suggesting me music to listen to, being like, yo, listen to this, listen. Because I would ask him, like, what are you listening to? What do you like? You know, and um, just trying to just understand or just hear his opinion, you know. So I, honestly, I met a lot of Rot Nation people. Oh, sure. And then... My uncle had uh, known and worked, rest in peace to him, um, he had known and worked with Cash Money um, on the financial side, which is hilarious because of the allegations. But, um, yeah, he worked with them, and he was able to help me um, meet a lawyer that worked work with a lot of other, like, labels and stuff like that. And that was a really interesting experience. I'm not really going to talk about it because I don't really want to make it seem— I don't want to say, say something that's false— but it was an interesting experience. Like, I got to really, oh, true. really get to talk and meet with a few people, which was uh, really cool. But, again, nothing stuck. Yeah, I think no. at that time, they were really big on numbers. And it was like, so what's your streams? What's your, what's your this? What's your that? Like, especially, like, having a conversation with Sony at the time. And it was like, yo, um, the president's daughter or son or something like that, I think it was a daughter, really liked some, a song of mine that my uncle had sent. Um, and... You know, they they hit me up, but it was like again, it was like, "What's your numbers like?" And I'm like, "Bro, I don't got no Spotify. I'm on SoundCloud." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah. they're kind of just like, "Yeah, yeah, holla at us later." Yeah, and I was just like, "Fuck," you know. But 
It was cool. You know yeah. what I mean? At the end of the day, like, yeah. it was a learning curve. Like, I think understanding and getting into the idea of, like, what the business would look like was the the, the most valuable experience that I got out there for sure. Gotcha. And to just kind of, like, dead the topic for a bit, too, for Andre Freestacks, was he still playing his flute at the time? Or was this, like, when he was just in a different phase? He didn't have the flute on him. Uh-huh. He didn't have the flute. At the time when I pulled up on him, he was with... Uh, I guess he was with one of his managers or something like that, this lady. And they were talking about, um, I guess he was selling or he he was working with a shoe brand. And he was trying, they were talking about designs for a shoe. So, um, you know, after they're leaving, yeah, I I told him about my music and he showed me some ideas. Like, what do you think of this? I was like, "Uh, it's a bit too formal for me, boss. But, you know, I mean, if I was an old head, 30, 40 years old, you know, 45, probably be dope. Ah, true. You know, but he's like, all right, cool. He's like, I like your sticker. I'm, ah, I'm going to check out your shit. I was ah, like, say less. Sure, man. And, you know, in terms of, like, the inspiration nowadays, too, like, what inspired you to, like, rap produce and, you know, being an artist on your own and, like, even, like, taking that craft seriously and, like, just, like, even getting into that step within making music? What made me take it serious? Um, well, I don't know. I, I feel like at the end of the day, the, the, the art is true. The art feels true to me. You know what I mean? It feels natural to me. I feel like it's not It's not something that I need to think too much about. You know what I mean? The, to be able to express myself on records is not something I need to think too much about. And um, that's really it. I feel like inspiring. I feel like everyone that I, a lot of music and a lot of artists that I don't like inspire me. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be like an asshole or anything like that, but I feel like there's a lot of artists I listen to or pay attention to, um, whether it's here, whether it's around the world, that I just feel like I don't enjoy. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I feel like it, it you know, um, it's one of those things where if people, if people enjoy this and I don't enjoy it, granted, everyone has music subjective. I feel like that's an argument at this point, but music subjective, and I feel like... Um, I'm looking at certain people that I might not necessarily understand because I won't even say that these people are bad or these artists are bad. It's probably these artists I don't understand. You know what I mean? And um, for me, uh, I feel like everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own, um, you know, um, thing that they want to tell and um, just seeing other people do it in ways that I don't understand. It makes me feel like just because somebody may not understand my story, may not understand my music, or may not like it, would you know means that I have to stop. It means that no one's gonna like what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And uh, I feel like just trying to stay resilient with that, creating, um, and just listening to obviously, obviously great music also inspires me. Like there's artists in the city that inspire me from Jivy, um, that's a really dope artist right now from Malvern Scarborough, uh, Risky. Uh, Jimmy, and there's a, there's a, there's a there's a few like Tamir. There's a lot of there's a lot of few artists that I yeah. do pay attention to. That I'm sure. like, yo, these guys are really dope, and um, you know, makes me want to do better. Yeah, man. And you know, with a lot of people that you've mentioned, like there's a good amount that were actually in uh, Ron Crowd at the time too, and all that. And you know, doing my research at the time too, like when I first heard about like Ron Crowd, 
I was actually listening to self actually because uh, this so, one producer, like I was like tapping in with like um, who actually produced stuff for uh, Toby actually um, mm. actually produced some of like self songs, and then that's when you know the whole like wrong crowd uh, thing like came about. Like when I did like the research, and then I just found out that you were on there too and all that. So how did that actually come about, and like what was, how was that process like? You know, starting this collective of people with like these like like minded like talents, abilities, and like mindsets, and having a roster with those like artists as well too. I feel like um, building a team in general is one of the most uh, challenging things ever. I feel like you're dealing with the mentalities of others, and to some degree, as, uh, to some degree, you're trying to sell your dream or your goal or your objective to other people and make sure that they believe in as much as you do or believe it half as much as you do. You know what I mean? And I feel like, um, you know, it started off with this, like a few of our friends just making music in high school and just freestyling and, you know, just having fun or whatever. And it was kind of like, yo, like, you know, man, I'm pretty nice. Like, let's really try to figure this out. You know what I mean? Let's really try to see what, excuse me, see what really, what we can really do. You know what I mean? And so just going from there and just us trying to make records and um, us trying to just uh, just figure out what our artistry is for each of us individually. You know what I mean? Because one thing for certain was like, I didn't want to make it seem like we're all, we were just like, I want to make sure everyone was their own individual. You know what I mean? And so just trying to emphasize that and trying to really create um uh, you know, uh, uh, energy and a, a group that um, has so many different um, elements to it that then came together to be uh, just like something really special. And I feel like um, we were doing that. And I feel like after some point, I feel like in general, all of us grow up. You know what I mean? Like all of us grow up. Some people don't want to make music. You know what I mean? Sometimes people realize at some point, like, that was never my dream. You know what I mean? I, I, like, I liked doing it, but it wasn't my dream, you know? And I, I, I think that was, it came to that realization of, like, at some point where, you know, certain people are like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore because this isn't for me. Like, I think this is more of a you thing, and I think you should focus on this. Yeah. And then so a lot of people, um, you know, disconnected musically, but all of us are still together. All of us are still connected. Yeah. And um, with Self, um, he was just one of my best friends, uh, um cousin he's and we used to talk on the phone bear when we were kids man just talk video games shorties whatever the case may be and my cousin my boy hit me up he's like yo like you know like you know my my cousin's rapping now i was like oh say word all right let me check it out and then checked it out i was like this guy's nice we gotta i'm moving like shook 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 night i'm like we gotta get this guy signed get him get him to the wrong crowd man we gotta get him in the group and so we trying to figure it out because he lives in the West, deep West, egg West. Oh, true. And so, um, you know, he, you know, we're just trying to figure out, yo, you got to come to Scarborough. You got to come. But again, like for him, when we're like 17, 18, it's like, bro, what the hell am I going to Scarborough for? And I'm, I'm all the way down here, you know. And so we figured out a way and we finally got to link up. We finally got to really um talk creatively and also just share music ideas and really just create and it was like everything kind of just worked and gelled well and it was kind of just like yo you're with us bro you know what i mean you're you know we did a blood bond cut his hand open a bit he bled in my 
No, I'm just being stupid. Nah, um, but yeah, man, honestly, it was just like, yo, we should really work together. Yeah. And uh, it kind of went from there. And then with B, uh, another artist, R&B artist, super talented, beautiful voice, like uh, one of my homegirls, she was like, um, Sid, shout out Sid in the main shape. Um, she was like, yo, like my homegirl sings, you should check it out. And she showed me one of her songs and I was like, you know, I don't really like it but I think she can sing. And so I got to meet her, we got to talk. And then I was like, hey, like we should work on a song together. And we made a song called Myself, which is a lot of people, like a lot of people really enjoyed it when we put it out. And uh, from there, I was like, bro, we need to keep working. And um, I produce, like I wanna produce R&B music. And I feel like it helped me, it was a challenge for me because it was like, predominantly I'm making hip hop beats, rap beats. And it was like, all right, we're going into another genre, trying to tap into my, my timbo and, 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 and stuff like that, that, yeah. that ele those elements. And yeah, and so, you know, uh, those those two are like really like the ones really uh, outside of myself, really creating music, you know, and the rest of the guys are, everyone's doing their own thing creatively and trying to yeah. build their own brand. And yeah. um, I do want to try to create and make uh, Wrong Crowd just a, a creative agency label, yeah. a team of just like, again, creatives and all these different fields and facets on, and be able to then, you know, turn it into just a platform um, for creative people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, be able to create a space or open a space in the future. But that's all things in the future. Yeah. Kind of like how, like, Brockhampton, like, kind of did that and, like, you know, Dreamville with a lot of stuff, too. Because Brockhampton, like, they have, like, people who do, like, video work, audio work, you know, photography and all that. It's not, like, the main members, which they are going to get popular either way too but then there's others who also like help within the impact with like cover art and all that type of stuff yeah you know what i mean so there's there's so many aspects to it you know what i mean like um uh, uh, ahmed he's uh he's like our he, he helps with a lot of things creatively he's done all my cover arts for the most part um and he helps me with just like all the visuals to the hat to my merch um you know what i mean he's definitely one of the eyes that um, you know, helps put, I, eyes and hands that help pull the strings. And um, yeah, I, I want Wrong Crowd to be more than just me rapping or self-rapping or be singing. I want it to be uh, be able to turn it into a production company, turn it into really uh, just be able to be a company in general, <clears throat> you know, sure. and be able, to be able to create and do whatever we want. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Yeah. And, you know, just to jumpstart into, like, the next set of, like, questions uh, mm -hmm. right here, like, what's your creative process, like, when making music, and what would, like, a day in the studio be like for you? I feel like um, creating music, it starts with probably me making the beat. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like when I rap, write before, I write, like, a verse or a few verses before I even hear a beat, it's usually tend to a story. It's usually tend to an experience I experience, like experience I experience. It's usually tend to an experience, you know what I mean? And and really trying to tap um, into that story and creating that story. And sometimes I might write that story in a, in, a, in a rap format or I might just write the story as just a story. And then if I need to go back to it, um, you know, and I, I make the right beat or whatever the case may be, I kind of just turn the stories that I've written that are regular stories into like figuring out how can I form this into a song, you know what I mean? And, uh, or, um, like I said, originally for the most part, it just starts with beats. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like 
the beat sets the tone. Um, I feel like the 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 what you the found the, the beats are the foundation. You know what I mean? And um, once you have the foundation and you understand how it makes you feel sonically as an artist, you start from there and be like, okay, this is how it makes me feel. How am I gonna portray what this makes me feel on this record? And I kind of just go from there. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, yeah, it just really starts on. It really starts with the beat, and if I like the beat enough and how it makes me feel, and go from there. Yeah, yeah for sure. And to even like get into it with like the pilot episode, which is like you know your recent like project and all that. Like, what was like the backstory of the formation of that project? I I know you talked about the creative process inspiration, but mm. in terms of the formation, like how was it like, and how was like the impact that it had? Like once it like was like released, like at the time. The creation was it was long, man. I feel like obviously because COVID hit, so I was working on it prior to COVID. Um, and I had it, I had a version of it um, that I feel like at the time I felt was more complete right before COVID hit. And it was it, it was one of those things where you get to then sit with the music and you get to listen to it and then ask yourself like, can this stand the test of time? And will it stand the test of time? Because now you're living with it for basically two years and listening to it and then asking, yeah, just asking yourself, like, I've heard this for a year now. Like, do I hate it? You know what I mean? I think that's how I am with a lot of music sometimes. There's a lot of songs I sit on, but I have to keep listening to it and ask myself if I hate it. And I feel like if it stands the test of time, then it's going to stand the test of time forever in my ears. And at the end of the day, like, um, you know, I, I trust my taste in, in my music and my creation. So if I like it and I feel like it, it, it works and, uh, you know, we finalize everything on my part, obviously production wise, writing wise. And we kind of just, you know, try to make sure we, we put our best foot forward into making the record as best we possibly can. And, um, with the album, it just really, uh, just a lot of, a lot of stories and a lot of things that happened in the past and just a culmination of like, like avert, like it's really kind of like a culmination of a, a bunch of events that leads to the version I, the person I am right now, you know what I mean? And um, um, it was it was a it was a lot. I feel like I, I digged I digged a lot into myself to figure out and talk about some of the topics and talk about um myself, you know, in in different lights yeah. and um. Honestly, after the release, I feel like I feel like at first I, I feel like a lot of people weren't listening to it or weren't hearing it. But it's like again, like you're starting as an independent artist and you deal with that struggle of like wanting to put it out and like instantly a million people hear it, but it just doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just trying to figure out, you know, what you need to do as an artist uh to get it in front of people, um, whether it's shows, whether it's videos and you know, promo and stuff like that. So yeah. just doing that and actively emphasizing those parts um, led to um, just a lot more people paying attention and obviously word of mouth and whatever the case may be um, led to just, yeah, just a lot of, you know, people paying attention, a lot of people checking it out. And especially the visuals, just like understanding um, I, I, I'm a really visual person, you know what I mean? And I feel like the visuals to me is like, um, very, very important. If you're going to do it, make sure you're, you're putting your best foot forward and not just doing something that everyone's seen before um, because it's just going to come and go. And I feel like 
um, in the microwave era that we are in music, I feel like it's very important that artists try their best to be advent um, in making sure they're putting out and making art, you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter what kind of music you're making, like making sure that the visuals are just dope. And if you're going to make a specific type of visual, just make sure that you're putting your you're putting out the best quality of that visual that you possibly can. Like, oh, true. like you know, street street videos, street rap videos can be street, street rap videos, but if you're making sure it's, like, creative in a way, then it's going to be creative in a way. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, after the stuff, few visuals especially, just, yeah, man, shows and, and, you know, the Drake Hotel show I had, I think after that was really kind of, like, a lot of people being like, you heard you had the sold-out show and, I'm paying attention now, you know what I mean? And then the video, music videos is like, yo, I seen that video is really dope. That couch like video is cool or the lack video is cool. I'm paying attention now. Yeah. You know, and I feel like as artists, all all we're trying to do and creatives just trying to build their platform like yourself is just like trying to turn people into believers and to understand like the vision that you have is valuable and yeah. um, what you're trying to create is valuable. And, um, just trying to make sure we, you know, we put it in front of people's faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once my thing was always like, once the music gets heard, everything else is up to you to know, to, to, to then ask yourself if you really want to support me or not, or really want to pay attention to what I'm doing and what I'm creating. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. um, yeah. And yeah, man, it's been dope shows. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to say, you know, show in Nashville, show in New York, uh, show at Dundas Square, um, you know, I know just to just to, just to add a few, but nah, man, it's 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 been it's been a great experience. Yeah, hundred you know? percent, too, man. And you know, we, even with these like other releases too, like you've had like Make That Shit Bang, like Lowercase, you know, the Valet one with T. Scott and like Can't Say and all that. Like, what are like the other creative processes, like even like for like those like projects and songs, and you know, what inspired you to like even make those as well too? I feel like Make That Shit Bang was kind of like, it was a challenge for me, um, a challenge that I put on myself to be like, yo, I need to, I wanted to make a record that like just was more, uh, I don't know if I'll say commercial, just more pop, more pop rap. You know what I mean? And I feel like that was a, a well, not, completely but this the song start which is on that on the ep that i feel like is the most popular song on there and uh one of my bigger songs that i made um it it, it was definitely like me trying to figure out like how can i get into a stratosphere or a space that isn't strictly oh like conscious rap and he raps about his story and his pain and you know what I mean? Shit, because that, that bubble becomes kind of tiring and annoying because, um, you know, I feel like, you know, uh, I'm an, I'm, I'm a, I am I'm want to be an artist. I don't want to ever put myself in a box or a bubble to, and, and have people believe, like, what you're hearing from me right now is all you're going to hear from me on my career. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to make anything I want. You know what I mean? Hence the valets. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, shit, like, this guy's singing the whole song. We're not getting a rap, like, a rap at all. Or even on pilot episode where you have OTG or Clarity where it's, like, there's no rapping. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to um, have the listeners appreciate all aspects of my artistic ability. You know what I mean? And I feel like 
a lot of people like Lowercase, which I feel like a lot of people be like, that's like one of your my favorite album, whatever the case may be. And I feel like it's the more simpler one out of all of them because I understood what I needed to do, what 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 my best abilities are. I think with pilot episode, I'm like, these are abilities I want to expand on. And it may be the rough version of it, but these are the abilities that I want to I'm that you're gonna hear and see and get from me going forward. You know what I mean? And um uh, just trying my best to um, constantly expand and explore my creativity, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if I don't start now where a lot of people don't know my music, then uh, when I do get to a point where a lot more people know my music, then it's like, oh, why are you trying this now? Why are you experimenting? When really, no, this is my artistry, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, when even speaking about the pilot episode, um, one thing that I could actually, like, share still, like, the city and all that, when I went to the, like, events, like, back in, like, June and all that, too, like, from the start until now, like, the stage process was, like, very, like, immaculate. Like, it was, like, amazing to see. It was like, kind of like how people would do, like, the behind the scenes of, like, a movie scene or, like, a television scene and all that, too. And from the start until now, just, like, even with the skits, the acting, it's, like, very amazing to see and all that. And... To speak uh, more about it, tell me more about the whole, like, stage setup and, like, the process of that and the importance of, like, staying, setting up a stage. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like as an artist that's gone to a few shows, that's really art, shows in the city, you know what I mean? I, I feel like sometimes I always want to ask artists that are performing in the city, like, are you, what are we, how are we treating this show? You know what I mean? Like, are we just treating this show as we're just going to recite our songs, you know, with the backings, with the, with our backtracks still playing. Like, I just feel like the effort level is just like hit the, the, the bar, the bar, the bar is in hell, to be honest, like the bar in terms of um, how we exercise our creativity is just like, is really low. And I feel like um, we should be trying our best to exercise our creativity a tad bit more. If you care about the art, I feel like that's the thing, though. Like, you know, if you don't care about the art and you, you want the bag, you want, okay, I, I have to respect that, you know what I mean? Because everybody's got to eat, and I respect yeah. it all the time, 24-7. Um, but for me, like, I, I care about this this art and this craft, so I'm looking at the people before me. I'm looking at the people that I respect, that I admire, and seeing how they create their stages and seeing how they perform. You know, I have a whole window of just a bunch of tabs of a bunch of different artists performing, whether it's Travis Scott to Tyler Creator to friggin' Black Thought to, you know, friggin' Kanye, Jay-Z, and just understanding whether it's breath control, whether it's um, movement on stage, whether it's all these different things, and even the setup of the stages, you know what I mean? Like, like use Travis Scott or Tyler Creator as a perfect example. Like, these guys really put an idea and 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 craft a whole experience like these guys create universes in their music and the goal for a pilot episode is like um i want to create a universe with this with this album and i want to make sure that when you come to the show like you are experiencing the pilot episode you're experiencing this universe that i'm trying to create um so it was influenced by like you know fresh prince of bel-air and like you know family matters and all that stuff like just those shows where uh what do you go the sitcoms where it's just like you guys are the audience and you guys are right there and they're performing right on that stage right in front of you and so it's like right when there's commercial breaks and stuff like that it's you know they're doing the same thing all right cut 
da 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 and people are chilling and it was just like how do we how do we play on that you know what i mean and the pilot episode is a prequel to my next album that i'm working on my own next solo album um called the raccoon show and it is all inspired and influenced by the truman show oh, you know true. what i mean and i feel like um you know the the, the goal the goal is for it to <clears throat> the goal is for it to be better you know what i mean yeah. i feel like like I'm glad people like the set design. I'm glad people like the idea that was created. But like in my head, for the Raccoon Show, if I was able to perform on like a huge or bigger stage, like the amount of ideas I, I want to do and create, I would love to shoot them. But I think I should keep these things to myself. Yeah. But the ideas I want to create, it's like you are now watching a TV show. Like you can turn, you can then turn your live show into like a whole marketing campaign, a whole marketing business yeah. to work with different brands, different companies. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we as artists are businesses. We are companies. And, you know, um, it's like, how do we figure out ways to then turn ourselves into more, you know, bigger, you yeah. know, bigger and, and, and more in terms of business sense. So the set design is really like just the, it's just a sprinkle of what I want it to be. Yeah, for sure. You it's kind of like the whole like vital importance of like getting the artist to captivate, uh, captivated and for sure. to kind of give like my 10 cents uh, to and all that. Like, I, you know, when I look at like someone performing on stage, you know, having like something unique that could like even having like a whole like scene set up where they do like one skit from there and then move it to the other one too. Like, that'll be amazing to see like, the last time I actually saw this, um, it was actually a YG concert like back in like 2016 where <laughs> in the beginning of a set, you know, they talked about like YG being shot like six, seven times. It's like when he was like shot back in like 2015 yeah. and like they took like, you know, the stretcher and all that. And it was like this person like on this like cover, like this white blanket cover and all that. And then, you know, when the first song like of like that project, uh, Still Brazy and all that came out, you know, YG just like took off the cover and like was like rapping like literally at that time too. And yeah. it kind of swayed me away. And I feel like with a lot of artists too, like they're not going to take that time to work on it because there's other ways to kind of connect with the audience like one way or another, which is like through meet and greets, through like merch, through stuff like that. For other artists, it might not be that way too because like if it's like the whole stage setup, then, you know, it's a better way to connect with the fans than like anything else too. So mm. it kind of depends on like how you want to connect with the audience and to connect with the fans as well too. So That's true. 100%. I, I agree with you. I feel like um, there's other ways to connect with your audience than necessarily a set design or stage design or whatever the case may be. Um, and I respect all those types of ways. I just feel like for me, um, when I'm thinking about, I, I'm, I'm always thinking about how to better my artistry, how to yeah. better my craft. And so I'm going to think about the artistry first, like, you know, and, and, and the set design is, like I said, some of the biggest shows and best shows that I've been through or been to, the set designs were just, it's just so different and memorable when you go to or you go to a festival and you see all these artists just perform on stage and then this other artist just has a whole set design and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just makes them more memorable and makes you then either, it turn that stuff, stuff like that can turn you into a fan, not even into their music, but into their creativity, into their mind. And I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, if you are creative, like, you want people to, you know, just rock with your ideas yeah. creatively, not Sounds just true. your music. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And, you know, to get back on track uh, right now, tell me more about the backstory 
of you performing and organizing like a free day events and all that because I think you had like a free day concert or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong crowd, man. We we set up this uh this show called uh, Months End. We were doing basically the, the end of the month. It was like this like I wanted it to turn to a festival idea, but I was like basically it's just like um the end of the month of random different months. Like it was like every we probably did like three of them, but um. The, the end of the month, we would have a few artists perform. Um, sometimes it would include myself. Sometimes it would include other artists from the group. And then it would just be other artists in the city that I've paid attention to. And I'm just like, yo, I think you should perform. I would love to have you here. And, you know, it might be a dope opportunity for you. And all of us can, you know, bring in all of our own listeners together and, you know, um, really try to build up uh, our listenership. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, you know what I mean? Like, when I'm out in Memphis, too, like, I feel like, again, going back to the family thing and going back to just the community, you know what I mean? Like, these guys in the South, they really care about community, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these people have morals and values, too, but it's just, like, the community is important, and I feel like out here, we 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 kind of lack that, you know what I mean? So my thing was, like, what better way than to, again, just create, be, create a community with these artists based off of art? You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, yo, you, 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 let's do a show. You know what I mean? We're going to set it up. You don't have to do nothing but pull up, tell people that you have a performance, pull up, perform, get paid. Yeah. Like, too. it's, how can you, where's the downfall in that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of just like, um, just trying our best to create a community and also just like show love to the artists that we actually yeah. fuck with. I'm saying too, man. Yeah. And, you know, you actually opened up for like a list of Negroes that like, I think I had this bar like, bar, like in 2022. Yeah, um, I was just there. Yeah. I just got a, just got a beer. Actually, I didn't get Yo. a beer, but I got a drink there like two days ago. Um, for, do you remember the name? I think it's like Casa, something like that. It's like on King West by. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right uh, beside Tiff. Yeah, pretty like, much. Right like right yeah, King John and all that. Yeah, 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 I actually got the dates wrong for a bit too because this one was like, what, like 2022 and then the snow to melt was like in 2023. But um, yeah, yeah. speak more about it, that. How did those shows uh, come, come about and how was it like performing at those events? Um, For the Unlisten Negro show, I feel like I had put out a, a single um off of the pilot episode called Zeitgeist and um just pushing that on Instagram and stuff of that nature and just try my best to, you know what I mean, like, do as much promo as I can for it. And um, I had met, uh, you know, have you met Yuso? Yeah, I know Yuso. Oh, okay, That's actually okay. my guy, actually. Yeah. Okay, okay, got you. Yeah, so just, like, um, meeting Yuso and a few of his friends and stuff like that and them doing their their shit and building their, their brand and their community. Um, just, like him getting in, in tune with my music and then kind of just sharing it, which I feel like then led to unlisting Negroes probably hearing it and them really rocking with it. Yeah. And I was really rocking with one of the songs they had out yeah. at the time too as well. So, um, and we had talked, me and T were talking for a bit of like possibly working on the song together. You know what I mean? True. So, um, you know, I, it was one of those things where she, you know, they just hit me up and was like, yo, we would love for you to perform. And you know, I'm, I try my best never to be too cool for our opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like you never know what these opportunities create. You never yeah. know who's going to see your work and pay attention after that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I took it and, you know, pulled up, <laughs> performed, did what I can. And, yeah. you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was a chill experience. It was a chill experience. Yeah. It was 
it's funny um that you're talking about your friend that that seen my music seen me perform there it's like stuff like that i don't even know yeah you know what i mean so yeah uh, my friend karen she's like very like tapped in with the community and all that um you know, she told me about like a lot of like other art- artists too that actually had like on the platform like Master Inferno and like Vomerk mm-hmm. and all that. And mm-hmm. I think uh, another person as well too. But yeah, it was like an amazing experience. You know, just even interconnecting and like just like leading it through and all that too. And that's just the importance of community because it like kind of leads you on to networking these like relationships and like working with other people to getting them into like a certain like spotlight that like a lot of people want to work. And it's like the same for you. You like you're like the person like you're working with is showing their spotlight you know who you are and all that and all that type of stuff too and all that yeah stuff. you know because at the end of the day like a lot of these artists you know what i mean especially in our in the city like we're all trying our best to um you know eat off of our art are all trying our best to be able to create a a, a um a space for our our a space where listeners re- feel welcome and um, you know, really engage with what we're trying to create. Yeah. So it's like for us to not work together, I feel like is us all doing ourselves a disservice. You know what I mean? And so it's it's only natural, especially if you like the art. I feel like it starts with that. Like if you rock with the art, you fuck with the art, and then why are we why are we acting like we don't fuck with the art? Like yeah, sure, you know what I mean? So there's that. And that stems from me meeting Lucius, you know what I mean, in the Lemon and Snow to Melt show. Yeah. And, you know, he being a real big supporter of the music and really rocking with it from 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 jump, you know what I mean? And so um, he just hit me up, was like, yo, I got this show and I would love for you to perform. Again, I'm, I'm not going to decline the opportunity, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, and that show honestly linked me to a lot of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people from there, I feel like, became became fans and was like, or just believers, you know what I mean? And supporters more than anything. Yeah. And um, kind of just started following my journey from there. So I'm always yeah, grateful sure, for every opportunity, you know. I understand too, man. And, you know, before you've had like an actual stage name called like JJ and all that. So what made you decide on changing from JJ to like lowercase? Man, JJ was ass. I'm joking. Nah. Um, <laughs> honestly, JJ it just stems from um, just being back in Memphis and um, the certain aunts and uncles just saying and calling me junior uh, for my father's name, James. And so um, it's just the duality of being called that. So originally it was like lowercase j, uppercase j. And it's like the duality of being called JJ because I'm being, I never met this man, like this man, you know, my father. So I never had a real relationship with him. So for me, it was one of those things where um, it was a weird feeling, you know what I mean? Like, whether it's like being compared to him, him being brought up in any type of way, you know, but at the same time, it was great to be able to have some relation to, you know, this person yeah. that's supposed to be your father, you know? So it was, yeah, this the JJ was just a, a, a play on that feeling, a play on those emotions that I yeah. feel that like come with, um, you know, being yeah. a, a bastard son. Yeah. No, I understand, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> and so, and so, sorry. And so, Ultimately, you know, I've been making music as JJ for a bit. And then, uh, what's it called? To Spotify, Apple Music, all that shit is just too difficult to find JJ. You know what I mean? Because there's Triple J, there's Double J. You know, there's so many different JJ. So yeah. um, I was kind of like, man, I need to create something more unique. I need to create something that people people will remember and people will, people will be easy to find. And... Um, the lowercase album was um, 
me talking about why the first J and JJ was lowercase. And I was like, it still connects back to the original name. Yeah. So it just worked out, you know what I mean? And uh, God willing, you know what I mean? It's been a it's been a great artist name that I feel like people really uh, fuck with. Yeah, man. And, you know, you also have, like, a signature, like, haircut as well, too. You know, like, the high top fade with, yeah. like, the corn pick uh, right there as well, yeah. too, and all that. So tell me more about that, like, Bunny Chance. Man, PTB, man, protect the brand. You got to <laughs> protect your brand, honestly, man. Like, you got to create. I feel like, I feel like, again, um, you know, the, the, to be honest, all this stuff is organic. I wasn't like plotted. I wasn't like one day, like I'm going to get a high top and wear a comb every day. And I'm going to be known as that guy that has the high top and the comb in my head every day. Like, to be honest, it was all organic with just uh, growing up and just being like, I need to change my hairstyle. Like, you know what I mean? I need to do something with my hair because my hair grows like fast. So, I mean, especially at that time. So um, I was trying to do something different. And instead of just wearing, like just having a nappy ass head. And so... Just, you know, uh, shout out to uh, Conrad's. This guy, man, this old head blessed my chrome. Um, and uh, this guy, you know, blessed my head top and, and gave me a high top. That's crazy. That's dope. Oh, yeah, he blessed my head top, gave me a high top. And honestly, like, it was like, yo, this is dope. You know what I mean? And, like, I was fucking with it and just kind of just kept trying to play with the high top, alter the haircut. And it kind of just stuck. You know what I mean? And the pick is just... You know, you know, there for all times, you know what I mean? And uh, I feel like without me purposely making that happen, it just became the thing, you know what I mean? Of like, yo, the pick, the high top, and the headphones. You know what I mean? Those those three things are always what people see, and it's it's just true to me, you know yeah. what I mean? And so um, it just became a part of the brand, I guess. Sure, man. Not 100% too. And, you know, to kind of jump back into, like, the whole, like, influence style in that sense too with Cuddy and Kanye being, like, major influences to your sound, how has their like legacies and creative styles played a part in the formation of how your music is like portrayed today in that sense? I feel like I feel like again, um, Ye is is great at creating universes and worlds within his music and worlds within worlds in his music. So it's like um he helps inspire just the ability and the thought process that comes into creating an album or creating whether it's a set design or creating, just creating, you know what I mean? I feel like he's just a, a, a top-tier creator um, and artist um, that, you know, just naturally has to be respected even if you don't like him. So, um, you know, just his ability to create, it just helps me understand that I need to try my best to explore all facets of my creativity, you know what I mean? All facets of things that I like and being like, how can I add my interests or add things that I find cool and shit like that into what I'm doing and, you know, um, you know, get people to see that, you know, and then, you know, with Jay-Z is just being able to rap at, at a high level and really um, try to be to some degree, you know, um, philosopher. Fuck, I just fucked up that word. Just, I feel like to some degree, Jay-Z does a lot of, uh, like, philosophy in his raps. You know what I mean? Whether it's metaphorically or um, whatever the case may be, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, philosophy in some of his stuff and just taking that and me, myself, getting into philosophy and, and really trying to understand myself better, understand the, the, the human brain and why we think better. Mm -hmm. And then K. Cuddy just 
influenced me to be human, to be myself, not to be a caricature. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I listen to a lot of artists that are being versions, are being their version of an artist that they like and not being themselves. You know what I mean? And I feel like we, as human beings, we we tend to... Um, you know, we we tend to digest and and um, soak up all these things that we see on the internet, all these things we see on TV. And I think sometimes, or not even sometimes, a lot of people soak up these things and digest these things and then turn into those things. You know what I mean? Like these things are only to be observed and to be um, maybe acknowledged to some degree, but it isn't uh, meant for us to then be like, this is who we, these things that we see are who we are now. You know what I mean? Like these things aren't supposed to make us. And I feel like there's a lot of artists I hear or see and, you know what I mean, like they're not being true to themselves. And Kid Cudi is one of those artists I feel like um, he was always true to himself creatively, cre creatively. And, you know, I wanted to make sure I was doing that for myself as well. Yeah, man. Mm. I understand too. And, you know, just even with the music and the subject matter too, like you, there are like a lot of like dark topics that you speak about and you kind of shed like light on them like in important like aspects even with the creativity of it and then like in many cases too like even it could be like within like relation to like mental health as well too and all that so within your idea of like mental health like how do you deal with it as a person in your position right now with a lot of stuff like going on in life you know social media to being active on there to you know maintaining your music career and all that to even being active within like your family and all that type of stuff too do you have you ever felt like at times it could be like overwhelming and all that? Um, it's a good question, man. Uh, I feel like I feel like life in general, like not even trying to be hit with some philosophy shit, but it's just like life in general can be overwhelming. I feel like depending how you perceive it, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like naturally we tend to, um, um, take all these things that happen and not take them as it happens, but take them, take them, and then add on everything else we take on, and it just turns into a like a it conjures up into a whole different thing and becomes like a whole ball of all these different things you're stressing about, and we then try to take these things all on all at once instead of looking at these things piece by piece and being like, this is this is that how can I deal with that? This is that. How can I deal with that? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like naturally, especially myself as an overthinker, like I, I, it, it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. This life shit is over. Life in general is overwhelming. Yeah. Being creative is the, 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 the great part of, of life, being able to release some of these overwhelming feelings and emotions into records. And, um, I think the creating part is, is the, the, the aspect that helps me with, um, all of life's challenges, you know what I mean? And, um, like, you know, in terms of mental health and stuff like that, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to, I don't necessarily want to be the artist that is the advocate for mental health or anything like that. But I feel like a lot of people tend to, um, obviously resonate with a lot of my music because yeah. of me, my, you know, me talking about my mental state or, where I feel, how I feel, and also just being honest and transparent with how I really feel in, in, in certain points in these records. And, um, you know, I feel like, I feel like in general, when it comes to 
our mental health, I feel like it's very important that we acknowledge our feelings. I feel like for myself, especially, um, you know, I, I can be a brick wall, you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of uh, myself emotionally. And a lot of people I grew up with can be brick walls of our emotion and not even acknowledge our emotions, yeah. you know what I mean? Because, you know, life doesn't allow us to, or life doesn't allow us to process um, our emotions, you know what yeah. I mean? Especially now in the digital age where we are being force-fed so much information, force-fed so much shit that it's like you, as soon as you want to process one thing, you're being fed and shoved down all these other, all these different aspects yeah. of things of life that have nothing to do with you that then go into your life and then it becomes a part of your life. And then yeah. now you're processing things that don't even matter in real life to you. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, especially now it's even more overwhelming, you know what I mean? But I think, um, I just try my best again, just like trying to understand, just, uh, trying to understand philosophy, try to understand, yeah. um, why we, why we think the way we think and where does it stem from and how, my, you know, for me, try to figure out the healthy ways of like trying to process it and also, um, you know, uh, acknowledge things that I feel like I never acknowledged in the past. You know what I mean? Like I said, we as a community can be very comedic with our traumas, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's cool when we're young, but I feel like, you know what I mean? Like it comes back to bite us in moments like this or when we're older and we're dealing with real life situations. Yeah. So. No, nah, for sure. Because yeah. I know, like you said, you don't smoke weed and all that. And, you know, like, I don't know about like your status with like alcohol and all that too. So are there like ways that you kind of process it just only with music or do you do like journaling? Do you do like other stuff? Do hella drugs, man. Hella <laughs> drugs. Hella drugs. No weed, but hella drugs, man. We do the ecstasy. We do the LSD. Nah. We do. The <laughs> this guy's like, oh. <laughs> now nah, I'll fuck with you, bro. I'm, nah, man, I'm chilling, man. I, I. I my 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 biggest vice is probably wine, man. Oh, like sure. I do drink, I do indulge in alcohol for sure, but for the most part, it's just wine, man. I want to be a sommelier, man. I love wine, bro. Oh, sure. I, I would love to um, work with a vineyard or have my own vineyard and get some point and just sell more on wine and you know shit like that, bro. Yeah. Like I like. I mean, Niagara yeah. Falls is like the hub for like you know winery and all that too. So yeah. even like working with those people like that, you know, hopefully like it does like manifest in there, you know to kind of bring it like locally and in that sense too you know yeah no definitely i feel like just why that, that, that's another thing i want to bring into uh you know who i am as an artist and who i am as a person like like i do indulge in a lot of wine and i want to make i want to i want to emphasize that so it becomes a part of my identity so it's easier yeah. when times you know uh, when i'm able to work with certain people to be like oh like he he indulges in this in, in these specific things and wine is one of those things and he really cares about it and he really respects it um, so that's definitely a, a aspect in my life where I would love to get into, but, uh, outside of like, in terms of like that vice, man, I just, I just try my best to look at and pay attention to things creative. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? Like whether it's like movies and just, I feel like as of recently, the last like two years, just like really trying to get closer with my family, you know what I mean? Just yeah, trying man. to get closer with, um, my fam, my friends. And build a foundation, you know what I mean? Because uh, when you're low and when you're, you know, you're not, you know, you're going through all these um, battles within yourself, like, those people are, are really going to be able to help you. Yeah, man. I'm listening to, um, I'm going to have to end off with some of the, like, these, like, questions uh, yeah. right here. We'll probably have to do, like, a part two on this, too. Oh, but I feel, 
but I feel like we've already covered like a lot of stuff so far and all that. So yeah, yeah. for a person like in like your situation or that's kind of dealing with like a lot of like issues like in life and all that, like name free songs in your catalog that you could recommend to that person that hasn't heard about you before or that would like to know more from you. Like who's dealing with like a lot of like issues like in life in that sense. Um, I myself, I'm not dealing with, uh, too, I feel like I'm always, I feel like I'm always dealing with issues, but at the same time, I wouldn't say I'm, um, in a, uh, I guess in the worst place, but in terms of music, I would suggest of my own. Uh, of your own music. Yeah. Um, I feel like, um, a song like Clarity, um, uh, I feel like uh, Here For You um, and maybe Couch Psyche or Lack. You know what I mean? Either or those records. Um, But I would say Couch Psyche because I feel like that song is more of a a deeper cut into just talking about um, my mentality and thought process. Uh, for sure, man. And what do you have uh, going on next in terms of like other music, creative projects, and so forth? I know you have the upcoming album that might be for like twenty twenty four and all that. But yeah. as far as like for the end of this month and for like twenty twenty four, what do you have going on? Um, I got uh me and my boy Self. We're working on a, a dual project called Lower Self. Um, and you know that that's gonna be something we're gonna put out this year. I'm going to be putting out some new music and some new visuals and stuff like that going forward throughout all of 2024. And, uh, man, I don't know. Just trying to just do more shows, trying to set up the show in London, um, UK, trying to set up a, another annual uh, uh, pilot episode show. I'm in Toronto. So just want, I want to get that. I want to get that show done for sure. Uh, true. Yeah. And do you have any like closing remarks you'd like to say? And where can they like follow you like on like social media and all that? So you can follow me at lowercase the word lowercase wc on Instagram, um, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the other streaming platforms. You can check out my music at just lowercase and capital letters. Um, you can find me everywhere and um, on YouTube, the exact same thing. Lowercase pilot episode. Just search lowercase pilot episode on YouTube. Um, any uh, closing remarks, um, you know, live life, you know what I'm saying? Look cute. Honestly, man, I'm just just stay grateful, man. And and I feel like always, uh, um, revere the process and and respect the process you're going through and and start to stay present. You know what I mean? I feel like, um, revering the process is one of the most important things, um, that I feel like we all tend to not do as creatives, so revere your process and respect it and keep creating, you know what I mean? And yeah, WC, wrong crowd, PTB, protect your brand. Yeah, yeah sure, man. man. So yo, uh, lowercase, you know, it was a pleasure like tapping in with you and all that yeah. for like this like full circle moment right here and all that, you know, sure. we'll definitely like have the music soon and all that, like on the playlist and everything else too and all that. And Appreciate it. Yo, this is Josh, also known as Yashu of TLOI Talks. You know, this is episode 64. You could get it on all platforms. Like, I always say, like, every other time and all that, too. Tap in with, like, lowercase and all that. Like, probably, like, one of the best artists, like, in the game right now. I feel like this is actually... I've wanted to say this, like, in that um uh, part. But he actually had one of the best concerts I've been to this year and all that. Um, 
a tie between him or B Rob and all that. But lowercase, you know, he definitely had to show the year and all that. Like that's just my opinion. Shout and out B Rob. <laughs> yeah, either way, you know, but yo, definitely check out his music. Definitely check out this uh, podcast like when it drops and all that. And I'm just gonna sign off right here. That's it.